Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Kind of devil. Now kindly undo these straps. The Bob Seska Show. Happy Halloween. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, October 28, 2021. Happy Halloween. The most anticlimactic holiday in the entire calendar. And this is the uh, Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 282 of the Biden-Harris administration. 377 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska. Go and follow me right now. There's a picture of me at age one in a uh, spaghetti coma where I've eaten copious amounts of spaghetti and fallen asleep in my high chair. So go and look at my Instagram, TheBobSeska. Also on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. The worst Twitter handle in the world. Okay, let's bring in the goth ninjas. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from-the-bunker.com. Also, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Gonna talk about Jody here in a second awesome Facebook picture, Jody. And of course, David T. Rex Ferguson from Astral Summer. That's his band. Astralsummer.bandcamp.com Support his music, and we've got lots of great music coming up uh, later on the show. Okay. Now that we're done with this music, uh, let's do this. Alright. <laughs> yeah, Jody, I love your Lily Monster costume on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Plus, the car totally makes it. <laughs> well, that's that's Lonnie's tea bucket, so. Oh, my God. It's perfect. You guys should be <laughs> like a Halloween parade. You as Lily Monster in that car. Oh, no. It was because I was not like, riding in that thing. Oh, hell no. <laughs> um, but what's I have ridden in it once, but um, and that's it. He only gets one. Yeah. I told him, I said, are you going to dress as Eddie or Herman? Because I can't drive this alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, what it would saying? be awesome. Oh my God, Lonnie dressed up as Herman Munster. So no, maybe he could do an Eddie really well. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, Eddie. Eddie much more as an Eddie Munster. Yeah, totally. But what was funny when we were taking the pictures yesterday up front, <laughs> mm-hmm. this guy who walks his dog. Yeah. I'm like, I did to the sun, you know, because she's a vampire. Oh, you went and, going, uh, like you're right. And he started repelled. laughing. He goes, yeah. Can I take your picture? And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll have to forgive me if I spent more than half of my time looking at the picture, you know, looking at the car. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's, you know what? It got me to thinking, too. There are Adam's Family movies coming out. I mean, live action. There's an Adam's Family movie 
coming out. It's live action. And please a, tell me uh, Oscar Isaac is playing Gomez. Well, please. there's a... Uh, oh, please. would he be perfect? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. But there's also a Munsters movie uh-huh. coming out. Isn't but, that Rob Zombie, though? Yeah, that's what's weird about it. The Tim Burton is doing The Addams Family, but Rob Zombie is doing The Munsters. You'd think it would be the opposite. Like, it no, seems more like The Munsters really. is like a Tim Burton universe, where Rob Zombie is more of the weird Adams family. Like, you could really do more shit as Rob Zombie with the Adams family than you could do with the Munsters. The Munsters still seemed a little bit... It seemed like the Munsters could exist in the Batman 1966 TV show. Or, they like, did. in the Monkees. <laughs> oh, did they? Were they... Well, they, they were in the over? 60s. No, they never crossed over, except yeah. maybe on Scooby-Doo. But, um, right. No, they were all on at the same time. I mean, I remember seeing the Munsters in color. What I'm saying is the Munsters feels more campy, which seems more like a Tim Burton thing. But it's the opposite. Rob Zombie. more campy than Gomez kissing up Morticia's arm and marking his place with a piece of graveyard talk. (laughs) That's also true. Yeah. The Adams Family, I always found, was... More edgy. I don't know they why were. that is. And and the they Munsters were. more silly. So it's they, just... it was like to me, it's like the Munsters were Sesame Street. Yeah. And and <laughs> Adam's family was the electric company. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And a huge right. portion of our audience has no idea why you're talking about public utilities. <laughs> <laughs> what electric company? Yeah. Cal Caltech yeah. The oh, electric yeah. company. You doing anything uh, this weekend, David? Are you dressing up as anything? I am thinking about borrowing my friend's priest shirt. I have a black suit to wear it with. But when I dress up as a priest, it's a little scary. Like, <laughs> well, people all is. day are like, they don't know what, they're, if they're like, uh, bless you, Father. I'm like, bless you, my child. And they totally <laughs> swallow it every time. Um, do you do a sexy priest? Is that what you do? Or do you do <laughs> just a... Aside from my organic, natural sexiness? <laughs> yes, of course. No, yeah. no, I don't need to add to that. It would be dangerous. It'd be right. Too much sexy. Yeah, yeah. You're way too sexy for this priest, right? That's the yeah. That's the jingle. Um, I, okay. got, I have to go home by 11 p.m. though, because people start to get drunk and they start climbing in your lap and wanting to confess. Oh, and well, yeah. What's wrong with that? You don't have to. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to leave that? Don't you want I'm people married? on your lap? Well, that's that's also true. So yeah, never mind. <laughs> no, never mind. Um, okay, yeah, and I'm not dressing up as a goddamn thing. We have. No trick-or-treaters here. Now, this is why I said Halloween, at least for some of us, is really super anticlimactic. It's just like a whole month of Halloween things and dress them up and horror movies and orange and black and the decorations. And then it gets to Halloween night and you're like... And you end up sitting at home and eating 16 Reese's Cups out of a salad bowl. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Here's your costume, Bob. Just draw the state of Alaska on your T-shirt with Sharpie. (laughs) Write Alaska under it. And if anyone asks you what you are, you go, baked Alaska, dude. (laughs) (laughs) My parents, when I was maybe four, three or four years old, we we had this lovely home. Mm -hmm. And so it was my mom, Lyle Wagner, and his wife. Yeah. Harvey Corman and his wife. Mm. My dad and Harvey and Lyle were all dressed as Draculas. Oh my God. <laughs> and my mom and Donna and uh, I forget Lyle's wife's name. Forgive me, Mr. Wagoner. Um, Mrs. Wagoner. Mrs. They, Wagner. <laughs> yeah, they all go. dressed as kind of vampires. And it helps that you have Bob Mackie and wigs and makeup artists to help you with those things. And so they they had all these decorations and we had this long walkway to our front door Mm -hmm. that we never used. We always used our back door. But, you know, like when they had, you know, company, they'd use the front door. Sure. And so Lyle literally was 
fake hanging in a tree. <laughs> Flyle Wagner. Fucking uh, Steve Trevor from Wonder Woman. Steven Trevor, right. And so he's <laughs> fake hanging in this tree. They, they, you know, did a harness for him so yeah. that he would be held properly. Uh-huh. And so he looked like he was dead. And they would only let two kids in at a time. <laughs> Right. There was a line down the block because they're like, this house is insane, right? Yeah, yeah. And so and, when and the a TV, kids- a bunch of TV stars in here too. Well, they I mean, didn't like, know that. Yeah. They were just, they were, these were little kids. They couldn't watch mom's show. These oh, were like true. five, six-year-old yeah. children, right. right? Yeah. Her show was on late. And so <laughs> they would only let two kids in at a time. And if they were super young, they would let a parent- come with I them because okay. you know but literally they'd walk by the tree and they'd see this what they thought was a dummy and this then he'd giant go and he'd, right and yeah. then, so then my they would open they had like dry ice so it looked foggy mm-hmm. and they decorated the front entryway of our house to look really scary and so mom and donna were at the front door come in you know and they were just wow. very that and they had to walk all the way to the end of the entry which was big it was a big room mm-hmm. and all the way to the end to get candy that either mom or donna or my dad or somebody i think dad and harvey might have been at the door <laughs> come in you know <laughs> so and wild. it became the place to go that halloween because it was like you gotta go to that house you oh, know man you know that meme of Jeremy Renner with his head on his hands and he's doing that sort of uh, impish Judy grin? Look. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly me every time you tell these stories, Jody. Because <laughs> I, I grew up with all of these actors that you're talking about between your mom and Harvey Corman and Lyle Wagner. Seriously. When I was six years old, I knew by name the entire cast of your mom's show. I loved that show. That so was- did I. That's so weird. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> wonder why. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I remember my dad watching Harvey Corman in the dentist sketch. Oh yeah, oh, poor yeah. Harvey. Yeah. 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 Poor Which Harvey. Classic. And my, I my that was the first time I think I'd ever seen a grown up like laughing so hard they couldn't stop. The tears were streaming down their faces mm-hmm. and their stomach hurt like and he just couldn't he got the church giggles and I yeah, was just yeah. like dad are you okay? Why are you crying? And you know what's funny is the woman who is who eventually was uh she was a script supervisor initially and then she was she got promoted through the years. She worked for my dad on Gary Moore. Mm-hmm. Then she worked for the Smothers Brothers and then got hired to do my mom's show. And it was right when Conway was becoming a super guest star. Right. Like he was a guest star until season nine. Mm-hmm. And then he became a regular. Yeah. But so <laughs> when they were rehearsing the dentist sketch as it was written, mm-hmm. nobody thought it was funny. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody did. I can imagine. Rehearsals, they were like, this is not funny, you know? And and Maggie thought they were going to cut the sketch. Yeah. And then they shot it to the page, and then Tim spoke with uh, Dave Powers, the director, and uh, uh, the TD director as well, and mm-hmm. said, this is what I'm going to do, right? So then they did that, and then, you know, history was made. Yeah. But what's funny is when Maggie got promoted... <laughs> my dad he goes okay now that you've been promoted and that schmuck is going to be on all the time here's an extra hundred dollars a week in pay <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah um i did a sketch show on vh1 for a couple of years and one of the most difficult things to do uh in sketch comedy is to write a script that is almost entirely visual it's yes and the reason is mm. i guess i should take that back writing it is fine Getting it approved, getting it out of the writer's room, getting it out, getting it beyond the read through. That was the challenge because on the page, 
it doesn't read as hilarious. You have to use your head, you have to use your imagination to imagine the visual aspect of that. And with an animated sketch show, that added oh, yeah. a whole Even other layer worse. of yeah. visual uh, to the uh, to the idea, to the concept of the sketch. Well, the, th- the thing is, with the Dennis sketch, all the stuff that he did to make Harvey laugh was mm. not on the page. Yeah, of course. Mm. Of course. That was never written. Tim did it. Mm-hmm on purpose to fuck with Harvey and also <laughs> make it a funnier sketch. All right. Well, uh, let's see. You know what? <laughs> Here's what I want to talk about uh, right here at the top of the show. Speaking of Halloween and, and dress them up and things like that. Do you see the uh, Mitt Romney, Kirsten Cinema bastardization of Ted Lasso on, on social media? No! Mitt Romney dressed up like Ted Lasso. Oh no! And he did like a GIF of him coming out of the the his office, like slapping the believe sign above his office door, and he's got the mustache and everything. And then there's another, as uh, either a GIF or a photograph, of Mitt Romney giving uh, biscuits to Kirsten Cinema, who's I'm looking at it right now, dressed oh up like God. Hannah Waddingham from the show. And it's like, God damn it, would you go ahead and bastardize the show, please? Completely misinterpret what the show is all about so you can do a meaningless dress em up. These two have nothing to do with what these characters are all about and no. what the meaning of the show is. And so it's just dragging it down and trivializing like- it. You know what I mean? Ted Lasso is about empathy, it's about hope, it's about optimism. And, you know, Mitt Romney earned his millions and millions of dollars. By buying up companies and tearing them down and firing all the employees. Because greed is good. (laughs) Yes, exactly right. So not even close. And he's a freaking Mormon, which is like incredibly like the most judgmental cult. (laughs) Is it really? Are they judgmental Mormons? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No caffeine, no gays. Yeah. No. I mean, it's really it's creepy yeah yeah and damaging right so uh of course this is uh one of the dumber stories of the day but one of the best stories of the week continues to be donald trump's new media company we talked about this last week (laughs) or last week on this show on this very show on last thursday's podcast i said everyone go and short this stock dwac which is the shell company that trump merged with to go public with his uh, new media platform, with his new. When media I heard about the stocks, I thought of you. Yeah. Oh my God! You <laughs> what know happened, what? What happened? You know what happened on uh, Monday? The stock dropped no. by eleven percent. Eleven percent is unheard. Usually, you see stocks declining by you know it's a bloodbath if it goes down by three percent, right? Right. Yeah. This stock dropped by eleven percent on Monday, but wait, there's more. <laughs> on Tuesday, the stock dropped in price. By 30%. And Marjorie Three Toes invested 50 grand. There you go. Marjorie Three Toes last week invested, uh, we should be clear about this, upwards of 50 grand. Because in the financial disclosure that she released, it says it's somewhere between 15,000 and 50,000. So somewhere in that range, but at the minimum $15,000, at the most $50,000. And right after that, the stock price drops 41%. 41%. Yeah. Let me say that one more time. 41% in just two goddamn days. Unbelievable. It's nearly half its value. But I mean, who had bought? I mean, I don't know. I, I, this all confuses me. Like, who actually invests in a Trump idea? Yeah, I know. At this point. Yeah. Well, what it's kind of it, fucking idiot. I, mean, I know. Has there not been enough precedent? I mean, 
from Trump stakes all the way through the Trump presidency, the Trump Foundation was entirely shut down. They're no longer allowed to even start up a new one. That's how terrible the Trump Foundation was. Eric Trump used it as his own slush fund, for God's sake. You want to My name's Eric. Why, <laughs> why on earth would anyone want to invest in a Donald Trump business? Which is like a no-brainer, meaning what we ought to do, what everyone should be doing with this, if they're going to invest anything, they invest in shorting this stock. And it's bound, I mean, certainly there's a chance that the stock price could go up. You know, who knows? It's the stock market. It's completely inexplicable. But the chances are, given Donald Trump's track record, that this stock price is going to continue to crash and burn. And what we already know is the first thing that it launched, this TMTG corporation that Donald Trump started, the very first thing that it launched was Truth Social. And, of course, it launched with people hacking it, with people hacking into Donald Trump's own account, people registering the name Mike Pence. And then they have a licensing problem on top of that. They built the platform on this uh, open source software called Mastodon. (laughs) And that means the licensing agreement means that they have to make the source code for Truth Social public. I don't know if I'm defining this well enough, but they have 30 days to comply with that. And if they don't, they have to start all over again. (laughs) So it's it's another goddamn Donald Trump disaster. (laughs) I mean, go figure. The guy who decides to sell beef in the mall somehow in sharper image stores where you get the vibrators and the, you know, the tchotchkes and the executive office toys, you know, let's invest in Mm -hmm. that company. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so goddamn stupid. And then here's Marjorie Taylor Greene ponying up up to (laughs) $50,000 in stock. Is that her money? Is that like campaign funds? I don't understand. I don't think she's allowed to invest campaign funds. Otherwise, legally, she can't. That's illegal. Yeah, but don't be surprised if she doesn't. That's true. You know, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Yeah, right, right. Well, I'm sure it's her own money, like an idiot. You know, all these people feel as though uh, it doesn't matter if they get crushed by their own dumbness. It's the performance of it. It's why, like, so many of them don't mind if they get COVID. Or uh, Steve Bannon probably doesn't mind if he goes to jail for a little while. Because guess what? Content. Hello. We can advertise using this content. We can make money with this content. People will love us. People will think we're martyrs for doing this. And so, you know, everything is uh, upside down now. And that brings us to um, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God, that one. (laughs) And Tucker Carlson has a new special. I think it's a series that he's doing. on three parts, I think. Yeah, Fox Nation. Now, first of all, since this thing is on Fox Nation, there's a good chance that a lot of the Fox News viewers won't know how to access Fox Nation because it's online only. It's, it's, mm. Is that their to, streaming service that they're yeah. launching with all the entertainment that's supposed to thwart the liberal bias? And I, I think maybe. I think it is a streaming service, which still, it's very complicated. It's probably easier for the people who watch Fox News Channel to find something on the internet on a website than it is for them to find it on some sort of streaming service. It's actually mm-hmm. kind of complicated to sign up for a new streaming service. First, you got to find it. Then you got to right. subscribe to it. And that gets a little crazy because it's a matter of putting in your you know, your username and password and your credit card information, all using your television remote. If you're someone who's not really in the know and doesn't know how to go to the website and sign up that way. But suffice to say, Tucker's new special 
on Fox Nation is all about the, quote, true story behind 1-6. This is how Joe Biden and the Democrats are persecuting white supremacists in what Tucker is calling War on Terror 2.0. This is an actual thing. This is not an Onion parody. Tucker Carlson is going full Alex Jones. And for those of you who were like, why does Bob always talk about Alex Jones? It was back in the day. Like, say, back in 2015, when Chez and I were really hitting that Alex Jones universe, mostly Dan Badani and Alex Jones himself. It's like, why are you paying attention to these guys? Well, this is why we're paying attention to these guys, because now the Republican Party is the Alex Jones party. Alex Jones's crapola is now what drives Fox News Channel, as evidenced by this. Uh, It's called Patriot Purge. Sounds like a right-wing eating disorder. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The U.S. government has, in fact, launched a new war on terror, but it's not against al-Qaeda. It's against American citizens. This is Tucker Carlson talking. Nothing like this has ever happened in the history of our country. This is an attack on core civil liberties, and it's essential that you know what's happening and that you can resist it. He's defending white supremacy. That's all he does. Yeah, That's his job, is to find ways to bolster whites, disseminate white supremacist and white nationalist talking points. Yeah, yeah. And then put an acceptable veneer on them that so you know and just i'm just asking i reported the video on twitter yeah so did i <laughs> so did i as as inciting violence uh-huh. i just was like you cannot advertise this on twitter i'm sorry and so and i encouraged everybody and i don't have the followers that you have but i encouraged my twenty thousand or so followers please report this yeah yeah i reported it for uh political disinformation that's how I reported. I went, it's violent. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. it's violent. Well, because this is all about 1-6 and how this has to do with defending those people as patriots. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is about, this. everyone on Fo- who watches Fox News Channel is now about to be convinced that they haven't been already. Any of the last remaining people were like, yeah, you know what, I'm with Trump, but that insurrection was terrible. Any oh, no, last remaining like elements that, yeah. of that, that's going away. It's going to be full on, yes, this insurrection was the right thing to do, and we need to do it again and again and again and again. That's but wait, the best. Antifa did it, and didn't BLM? I'm confused. Yeah, I know. I know. You're looking for uh, the, you know, the contradictions here. They don't care about that. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's about owning the libs. It's about just saying whatever they need to say to get these people all uh, tanked up on their own bullshit. And uh, which is successful is just something that they're doing and they don't care if it's contradictory. They don't care if it's hypocritical. We're in the post hypocrisy era where these guys, whether it's Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump himself, can contradict themselves in the same goddamn sentence. Yep. I mean, we've documented how many cases of that have we documented over the years where Donald Trump says one thing at the beginning of the sentence and by the end of the sentence, he's contradicting the thing that he started with. And this is, is, oh my God, it's Antifa, it's FBI infiltrators. Those, those, those are the ones who are responsible for the insurrection. Oh, but by the way, the insurrectionists were all patriots and we should defend them. And they're being persecuted by Joe Biden, who hates all of these, you know, white supremacists. Well, and why did Merrick Garland put those people in there? Wait, what? Because <laughs> they're literally saying that. <laughs> Patriot purge. Again, going back to what I said initially, upside down messaging here. These guys who invaded and occupied the United States Capitol, 
tried to overthrow Congress in order to uh, overturn the election. These are now patriots in the minds of half of the country. Uh, I know. just patriot purge. Is it like a supplement from Alex Jones? Is it laxative? You know, like it's the way that real men unstop their bowels after yeah. you know eating so much red meat. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. Patriot. Are you bothered by occasional bouts of irregularity? <laughs> oh, I didn't Can know you. you were, do it, Bob? I didn't think you were setting me up to do the character. I'm ugly. I stink. I love Satan. I kill my baby. <laughs> All right, yes. So this is coming up, and it's only going to make everything worse. It's only going to, God damn it. I mean, obviously, when there is billions and billions of dollars to be made by these suckers, these fucking man babies with their grievances and their Donald Trump cosplay, if another 9-11 happens, you better believe it's going to be Tucker Carlson on at every at 8 o'clock every night saying this is the responsibility of the radical left Democrats. They're they're in cahoots with this new 9-11 or, you know, it's just going to be the same uh, shit that we've seen where they take whatever event comes down the pike. Pandemic. We got a worldwide mm-hmm. pandemic here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to turn this into a political hot potato. So this way, you know, anyone who, you know, wants to do the right thing and make the right sacrifices for our society so we can get back to normal, those people are just political drones and apparatchiks for whatever team they're on. Oh, my God. Patriot purge. Yep. Those insurrectionists, what, what patriots they were. Yeah. Making the big sacrifice for, you know, the guy from The Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. The guy who tried to sell steaks in sharper image stores next to the massage chairs. <laughs> That's the worst one for you, isn't it? It's just sticking in your craw. I know. Well, it's so fucking stupid. It's Didn't the- he have vodka, too? Yeah, Trump yes. vodka. Yes, of course. <laughs> but he doesn't drink, so he's... That's weird. No, he doesn't, doesn't drink. But he definitely sold steaks in sharper image stores. You know his favorite store. When it comes to great steaks, I've just raised I- the steaks. <laughs> The Sharper Image is Sharper. one of my favorite stores with fantastic products of all kinds. Yeah, because I don't know what any of those products are because I've never been I've never been in a Sharper Image store. <sighs> that was a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, it really is just, I mean, it is the eighth wonder of the fucking known world that, like, that clown, mm-hmm. that fucking scrotum-faced, orange-haired, Ugly suit wearing clown was our president. Yeah. Well, what's worse is that scrotum faced clown, David, that scrotum faced clown is rapidly destroying democracy. And it's so appropriate given what America has become the narcissistic, uh, childish culture that we have become to a certain degree. Um, it makes perfect sense that the scary clown man from TV who sold steaks in sharper image stores. Makes sense that he'd be the uh, the form of the destructor. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the goddamn Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man destroying New York City. Perfect. I mean, if this wasn't something that would steamroll all of us, which it is, I'd be sitting here going, my God, how appropriate is all of this? How, holy shit. 
Okay, well, uh, today's show is brought to you by the Shadow Docket bonus show on our Patreon page. As you know, this show here is almost entirely fueled by our Patreon subscribers. We can do four-plus shows a week without your generous financial support. Where do I get four-plus shows? Well, we do a show on Tuesday. We do a show on Wednesday. We do a show on Thursday. We do a show on Friday. Plus, we do two Shadow Docket shows every week, one after the Tuesday show, one after the Thursday show. So unless I'm getting the math entirely wrong, that's like six shows. Am I right on that? Am I counting? Where's my abacus? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So if you dig what you hear on this podcast today, please consider going to bobseskashow.com and signing up for $5 a month. $5 a month is going to get you two Shadow Docket bonus shows every Tuesday and Thursday. Again, that's for just $5 per month. Did I mention $5 per month? Yes, it's $5 per month. Pennies per show. We used to call it the postmortem show. The Latin was too hard to remember. So with the support of our existing uh, Patreon subscribers, we changed the name to The Shadow Docket. Same show, same exclusive content, but an all-new name. Again, that's $5, one, two, three, four, five, five dollars per month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And we thank you. The Bob Seska Show. gonna come down when are you going to land i should have stayed on the farm should have listened to my old man you know you can't hold me forever i didn't sign up with you i'm not a present for your friends to open this was too young to be singing Wow, wow, wow. This is uh, the great Jesse Terry covering Elton John. Brand new EP. Debuting right here, right now on this podcast. EP is called 70s Roots. It's a handful of uh, Jesse's favorite songs from the 1970s. Of course, covered in his amazing voice right here. Uh, JesseTerryMusic.com. Link in the description of BobSeska.com to support Jesse Terry and all of our independent bands. Yeah, awesome. I just love I that. I have that record on vinyl, by the way. Yes, and the first of two cover songs that we're playing on today's show. We got another one nice. from Blame It on Rebecca coming up here. And brand new indie music countdown, I believe... Sunday? That's that's Halloween, right? I almost said I almost said Christmas. Which, Sunday? Yeah. Well, Halloween is like Christmas. Yes. Um, okay. While we're on the uh, the topic of disastrous Trump things, here's more bad news for Trump regarding, and this is regarding his Twitter lawsuit. A Florida federal judge has ruled that uh, Donald Trump's status as a former president does not exclude him from following Twitter's terms of service. It's the latest setback, uh, according to the Washington Post, in his quest to get back on the social media platform after being banned this year. Uh, U.S. District Judge Robert Scola Jr. granted Twitter's motion to transfer the case from the Southern District of Florida to the Northern District of California, which is required by a clause in the company's user agreement that all Twitter users sign. Donald, this whole Twitter case is just Donald Trump saying, you know what, these terms of service that I agreed to, uh, they don't apply to me, even though I right. agreed to them. Uh-huh. 
you know, well, just, pretty much every single other organization on the planet that he has railed at has eventually opened the gates for him. That's the problem from Deutsche Bank to the U.S. government to the Senate. You know, like, yeah, yeah. that's the infuriating. And he really just is like, if I just keep screaming, someone will give me what I want. Yeah, yeah. He wears them down. He like buries them in, in paperwork and, and forces them to settle for pennies on the dollar, right? So even though he does have to end up paying out money in some of these lawsuits, it's much less than he would have otherwise had to pay. And that's the whole point. That's his whole strategy. Everyone knows what his strategies are. It's kind of obvious. And I'm glad to see some people are like, well, we know exactly what you're doing, so go screw yourself. See, also short-selling his uh, goddamn media company, by the way. The case stems from Twitter permanently suspending Trump shortly after the January 6th uh, insurrection. This is riot. Stop saying riot! God damn it. It was an insurrection. And the more we keep repeating in the press that it's a riot coup, it was an attempted coup is exactly what it was. While uh, Trump's attorneys have argued that his status as former president exempts him from Twitter's clause and that it was in the public interest for the case to stay in Florida. I don't know why that is. Scola was unconvinced in his 13 page ruling. The Miami judge noted that Trump, who lives in Florida, has not advanced any legal authority to support his contention. Meanwhile, uh, the good news also is that the Democrats, the Senate Democrats, have a framework deal for Build Back Better. Finally, this has happened. <sighs> have you guys seen the, uh, the terms of this? This is actually not yeah. bad. It's not bad. We're talking about uh, $555 billion for the climate crisis. This is a little more than what we were expecting, actually. I think uh, the word was uh, several days ago that it was going to be about 500, but now 555 billion. Um, child tax credit has been extended by a year, according to this framework. That's another year in which uh, American families will all receive checks from the government based on how many children they have and the ages of those children. This is, uh, again, another. I, I wonder where child poverty is going to land after another year of this child uh, tax credit. But by the way, it should be called a child tax cut. Cut. It We're should, but yeah. it, it's it's not technically a cut. It is technically a credit that you're getting monthly versus at the end of the year. So Yeah, well, they ought to frame it as a tax cut, even though it isn't. I know. You know, you can, I know. You can make a uh, technical distinction here, but ultimately it's a cut that gets paid in advance. Right? Yeah. Uh, just the whittling down still pisses me off because it just like these are millionaires. Making decisions that will cause children to oh, yeah. go hungry, yeah. you know, and it just... It, this uh, is why we need to give them at least four to six seats in the Senate mm -hmm. in 22 so that we can... Social Security was very limited when it began. Yeah. Compl I, I couldn't get Social Security benefits from my sister when she died mm -hmm. until later on. It was a whole... It got better later when we had more people to help vote more good stuff in. Yeah. So once we get this, which is going to be transformative as much as it could have been better, which it obviously could have been, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Taking things out that can be put back in later. Look, if your idea uh, for negotiation uh, on the Hill is that we should be going for a much larger number. We should start at a higher number so that when the compromise happens, and that's invariably what's going to happen, it's compromise is a uniquely American thing. This is the sort of, this is how the country was built. It's sometimes frustrating and ugly and messy, but that's part of the strategy. You start at a higher number and you whittle it down to a lesser mm -hmm. number. But when that happens, you got to be satisfied with a lesser number. Otherwise, why even promote that strategy? And this brings us to Cenk Uygur. 
who I remember. And there's a whole, he's he's starting already. And where's the plane? Where's the plane? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why didn't I have that loaded up? That's, that's <laughs> shame on me. His opinion on the process for passing the Affordable Care Act was that we should have started with single payer so that when it got whittled down, it would uh, kind of land generally where it did, or we would have something that was a little bit better than what the Affordable Care Act ended up being. But based on this, based on his reaction to this exact, the process that he was pushing for on the Affordable Care Act, based on that exact strategy applied to Build Back Better, he would have been entirely dissatisfied with whatever the lesser number was, whatever the sub-single-payer legislation ended up being. Because that's how he's acting, and that's obviously being reflected by most of the progressives on podcasts and social media, etc. It's like, not good enough. We need to kill this bill. I mean, Cenk is now actively promoting for progressives in Congress to vote against this legislation, effectively killing it. And $550 billion for the climate, universal pre-K, kill it. Child care funding, kill it. Expanded ACA subsidies, including Medicaid and red states, kill it. That's what Cenk Uger wants to do. Yep. Because, it, because it was a, a number that started at, at 3.5 and is now 1.7. And, uh, and and following in accordance with the exact strategy that Jank wanted in the first place. And that's how they engaged in this thing. But now, no, not good enough. So whatever you do, it's a lose-lose in the minds of uh, certain progressives. I'm not saying all progressives, but certain progressives. You just can't win. Why? You know, and I, yeah. But they understand that that's, you know, that's what butters their bread. Yeah, that's um, the shame of it. Being yeah. in the, the wrong lane. Yeah, perpetually, like there's always going to be a segment of progressives that are perennially dissatisfied. And I'm never myself among progressives. I am a progressive. Yeah. But um, there's, you know, there's yeah people like Glenn Greenwald, who is no longer a progressive, you know, but thinks he is one. And he's learned that, like, if by consistently flying 180 degrees Mm. against whatever happens, keeps him netting a certain percentage of the progressive audience. That's right. Again, it's like what we were saying about Tucker Carlson. Keeps him in Brazilian hustlers and, you know, gourmet dog food. He's more interested in his brand than he is about what the right thing to do happens to be. And this is, you know, look, it's not the $3.5 trillion, but $1.7 trillion is nothing to sneeze at. Jesus Christ, the stimulus in 2009 at the end of the uh, Great Recession... It was like eight hundred billion. We're talking about one point seven five trillion. It is unprecedented. It is still tiny next to what we spent on tanks and bombs. Yeah, well, you know, and we're even falling behind in that. I mean, if we want that to change, what we have to do is, uh, you know, win more elections. Hmm. This is about mm-hmm. as uh, simple as it gets. Jenk uh, tweeted, uh, among other things, he said, there is nothing left for progressives in the reconciliation bill. If progressives in Congress vote yes and then do bullshit cheerleading for the corporate Democratic Party, this is where I go, they will be met with a wall of skepticism and disdain. This bill is now trash. Vote no, he said. A wall of skepticism and disdain. Lord knows yeah, that yeah. people should be afraid to walk into that like our freaking granddads walked into the, you know, German bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, your disdain, I fear it. 
Oh, yogurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> well, uh, I saw fart in your general direction. <laughs> uh, Schooly tweeted about all of this. He said, uh, sure would be a nice break from the mansion and cinema show if some press would ask Collins and Murkowski their take on stuff like family leave yeah. and vision and dental mm-hmm. for seniors. Yeah. Republicans get to be against popular legislation without any heat whatsoever. That's exactly right. Uh, Ian Milheiser from Vox, not Fox, Vox, uh, tweeted this. He said, I'm angry the Build Back Better Act is getting pared back, but in the alternative universe where a Republican holds Manchin's seat, we're in week three of a government shutdown and Ted Cruz vows to filibuster the bill, reopening the government until Biden agrees to slash Medicaid. Yep, that's about right. I think that's about where we would be, don't you think? Yep, sounds, yeah. All that checks out. Look, it's like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, we didn't deliver a, a broad enough majority in the United States Senate, and then we sit back and go, why don't they do anything? Yep. Why, 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 Democrats, why? You know, look, garbage in, garbage out. It's the fucking George Carlin bit from his stand-up. You know, we get selfish, ignorant politicians because we're selfish, ignorant people. Garbage in, garbage out. That's exactly what George Carlin said. And if we wanted all of this transformative legislation that, by the way, the House Democrats have passed. Yes. uh, If we wanted this stuff to become law, uh, maybe we should have worked a little harder. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, a lot of people work their asses off. Make no mistake. A lot of people worked very, very hard and went through a lot of stress to make sure Joe Biden got elected last year. It didn't have to be this way. Mansion and cinema didn't have to have the power that they're wielding right now. And needless to say, you know, back during bringing up the Affordable Care Act again, going back to that thing, um, when that debate was occurring, we had between 59 and 60 senators. Yep. And still you had guys like Joe uh, uh, Lieberman, Joe Lieberman Lieberman and Max Baucus. uh, Yeah, Max Baucus and... And uh, I think it was Bill Nelson or Bob mm-hmm. Nelson. No, Bill I think you're right with Bill. From Florida? The, no, the Nelson from Nebraska. Mm. That's is Democrat that Bill? No, Nelson. No, then it's Bob. Yeah, yeah. I, I think know, it was. I think it was whatever. Bob. Well, one of the one of the various Nelsons <laughs> was being a pain in Pick the ass. Pick a Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> not one of the twins. Not <laughs> yeah. Tracy. Yeah. Not not Ozzy or Harriet. But not Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons. No, no. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. No. Or Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson. It was the Nelson with the big Fred Flintstone head. You know. We there got, you go. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene has the Barney Rubble feet. Well, uh, this Nelson, who's no longer in the Senate anymore, had like a big Fred Flintstone head. We have to remember that FDR and J and and LBJ had huge supermajorities in both the House and the Senate, compared to Joe Biden's minimal majority in the House and an equal Senate. So yeah, yeah. the fact that this is going to happen mm-hmm. is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. The way we can fix this is a uh, little more than a year from now, we can deliver a bigger majority for the Senate. The map it's is what still- what we need to do, yes. Somewhat favorable for the Democrats, just in overall broad terms. And it's possible. It's possible to do it. We just have to want it badly enough. And I get the sense mm-hmm. sometimes that when Democrats don't get exactly what they want, they're like, oh, fuck it, I'm going home. Stop whining. Uh, okay, uh, moving along here. Um, yeah, right. you know what? We're going to take a, a short break here in a second. 
I want to talk about uh, these people who are acting out on airplanes. There's a new incident that has occurred. Oh, this and, poor flight attendant. God bless her. Yeah, and the solution for it, please, more like this. And we've yeah. seen it once before, but I hope this now becomes a thing for these man babies. The way they restrained this fucking man baby who refused to wear a mask on this flight. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Young teacher, the subject of schoolgirl fantasy. Oh, she wants you so badly. Oh man. Wow, this is a really like smart rethinking of this song. It really is. I love it when they uh, cover songs and make it into a whole new thing, but it's still familiar yeah, enough yeah. Uh, to uh, to understand what it is. Oh man. This is Blame It on Rebecca, two K's and Rebecca in there. And of course covering uh, the police and uh, shaking my brain right now. My brain feels sufficiently rattled. <laughs> this is, uh, by the way, from Blame It On Rebecca's Again album. Blame It On Rebecca.bandcamp.com. Link in the description, of course. Oh, yeah. So good. Okay. Uh, moving along here with our Thursday show. Thanks again for uh, joining us. Where were we? What were we going to talk about? Oh, yes, yes, yes. More duct tape for man babies, please. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I, I don't know this story yet. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. this guy on a flight from New York's JFK to John Wayne Airport had to divert to Denver after a flight attendant was attacked by a man baby passenger. He broke her nose. Broke her nose. Jesus bloody Christ. her fucking nose. Uh, female flight attendant, of course. And this is a guy, an entitled guy. And he was in first class, too. He's a first class passenger. That's no, right. Those guys are the worst. Yep. And they all look alike. They're like big. They're all bald. They all look like thumbs. And they all have the noise blocking Bose headphones. Of course. Of like, course. And they uh, all like power up to the front of the line so they can get on the plane first and order drinks or whatever. But like, yeah. it's like, dude, no one's going to take that seat away from you. 
So you know what they did? They they duct taped him to his seat. Yay! They used duct tape to tape him down. You know what? This is what you do. I mean, you don't even, actually, you don't do this with a child. I'm aware of something they have in hospitals where they put children in what they call a papoose, where they, it's like they got Velcro straps. It's like a papoose. It's like, I don't know how else to describe a papoose. It's like a thing that restrains you and, and turns it's you a into a baby burrito. It's like a burrito. Yeah, exactly right, David. Well, I think that I don't, I think kids are like not independently mobile when they're young enough to be put into one of those. Things. Yeah, right. yeah. It's not like you take a three year old and wrap him up in blankets. That's like a mental institution from the 1920s kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, but when it comes um, to these guys, it comes to these shirkers who refuse to wear fucking masks and they're endangering a flight. You know, this happened over Ohio. Uh-huh. They started out at uh, they started out in New York, as I said, JFK. And by the time they got over to uh, Ohio, uh, this passenger started assaulting the flight attendant. And so they duct tape him. So this guy was duct taped to his seat from Ohio to when they landed in Denver. I think I need to become a flight attendant. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can throw a fucking punch, you yeah. know, like, just, uh, I don't know, it just... Mm-hmm. I think I'm just under the height requirement. Like Bob, I don't think that you could be a flight attendant because you're because of your height. Because like, no way, no. I think no. Seriously, beyond a certain point, like I think you become like it's harder in a safety situation for you to get through the plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have claustrophobia, so I be an wouldn't be able to deal with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She actually suffered broken bones to her face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she broke her nose, and and it's it says bones plural in this report. Uh, it could have been her orbital bone too, right under her eye. Yeah, yeah. FAA is investigating, of course, along with the FBI. So duct taping these assholes to their seat, plus federal criminal charges, yep. perfect solution for this. This yeah. is absolutely what they're asking for and what they deserve. I mean, my God, what kind of fucking society have we become, where this is going on? in public on a regular basis. I can't help but to think that for four years, we had a president who actually encouraged this kind of acting out, made it okay to act like a dickhead in public. So now, because the president has established this as a precedent, now people feel like, well, the president acts this way, so why can't I? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you, why is the man coming down on me and making me sacrifice for society? You know, all of these man babies... If they had been around in 1941, oh my God. Yep. Oh my God. They're too, like, they're too much of a princess to put a fucking piece of paper over their mouth and nose for however many hours it takes to be on this flight. Mm -hmm. But they think that they could win a civil war. Like, we're going to just stand there and let them kill us. Yeah. Yeah. And especially on a goddamn airplane. Where who knows someone who's behaving that erratically, who knows what they're going to do next. Uh-huh. What are they going to throw open the the door or something like that? The- okay, here's the thing that you should know. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Those doors are impossible to open at altitude. Um, the pressure on the outside of the plane is so Talk intense. to D.B. Cooper. <laughs> well, that was the 70s, and it was a prop plane, and it was at a much lower altitude than most jets. Yeah. When jets are pressurized, you cannot open that door. It would yeah. take superhuman strength to open that door or a Okay. Bomb. Well, I take back the door part, but there's lots of other shit that they could yeah. do on a flight to completely fuck over everyone on that flight. Yeah. I mean, uh, who knows what they've brought with them? Who, who knows what they've managed to smuggle through security? I mean, all the rest of it. It's, it's, you're in a giant tube at 35,000 feet, and this mm-hmm. guy starts acting like a nut because he has to do what everyone in society should be doing. Mm-hmm. 
God damn it. God damn it. This is, I mean, this is, you know, the only way we got rid of polio is because everyone made the fucking sacrifice to get rid of polio. It's not just the vaccine being invented. It's the fact that everyone got the vaccine Mm -hmm. because we acted as a society and we understood Mm -hmm. that what happens to one person affects the society around that one person. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sick and tired of the anti-vaxxer, anti-maskers. It's like, it's one or the other kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure it the fuck Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And either you don't get vaccinated and you mask up till the end of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you get vaccinated, and then we get 85, 90% of us fully vaccinated, and then we get back to normal, motherfucker, pieces of shit. I fucking hate them. You don't have a right to fly. You don't have a right to go to a restaurant. You don't have a right to go to a concert. And you don't, unfortunately, have a right to a job. That's right. If you are lucky to be able to participate in any of the things I've named, then you need to follow the rules. That's right. Which means... uh, uh, do you argue with your boss if you, say, have to wear a uniform mm-hmm. to work? Mm-hmm. No. Which means mask is part of the uniform, even if you're vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that job now requires a vaccination. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be vaccinated? You don't get the fucking job. That's you right. don't have the right degree? You don't get the fucking job. You don't have the right any experience? You don't get the fucking job. Fuck you, fuckity fuck fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, I couldn't agree I more. I love spicy Jody. I just F get you. chills. It's just, it's like, brava, brava. F yeah. you. Well, I just, it's just like, you know, if you want to be in polite society, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just got my booster the other day. I'm so jazzed. I'll be fully, triply vaccinated in a couple of weeks. And I couldn't be happier that it was available to me. Yeah. And hopefully by December, it will be available to at least people 50 and over. I had um, kind of a surge of elation after I had gotten it because I had been so scared for weeks because people yeah. around me at one of my jobs were getting sick. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, I've been lucky. Know, I'm not around a lot of people. Um, and when I am, I'm double masked. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I know people are vaccinated and it's different. But yeah. It's just, I don't want to get it and give it to somebody. That's my thing. It's like, I can still get it and maybe not be sick, but if I have enough viral load, I might be able to give it to somebody else, like a Colin Powell, thank you very much, Hmm. who can't, you know, defend it because of his underlying conditions, even though he was vaccinated. It's like, I don't want to give it to my neighbor's kids who can't get (laughs) vaccinated for the next couple of weeks, you know? I don't want to do that. Yeah, I like my neighbor's kids. Well, you know? <laughs> this also speaks not to enough me. to give them edibles, though. For God's sake! Well, there's that's the thing. Different. There's a whole thing going around right now that's like you know, what, check your kids' candy for cannabis candy. I'm like, oh, I saw oh, that. honey, yeah. y'all, oh, those are too fucking expensive to go wasting them randomly on the neighbor's. Kids. First I know. off, too expensive, and didn't we have the whole razor blade and the apple when we were kids? Yeah, that's the new. It's it's just replacing that. Yeah, well, this I mean, stupid. this all speaks to a broader issue to me, which is. Uh, uh, there's a certain segment of, uh, you know, American citizens who are going fucking nuts. They're losing their spadoinkle all over the place. And this is why it makes it imperative that the rest of us, the normals, act in a rational, societal, reasonable way. And that doesn't mean not fighting. Obviously, we fight for what we want. But at the same time, we base that fight on rational arguments, on a reasonable interpretation of the law and of how government works and how American society functions, how democracy functions. It's so important that we maintain some sort of tethering 
to these ideals, to these values, because the Republicans right now are completely off in la-la land, believing fiction, believing that Tucker Carlson's patriot purge is happening, (laughs) that it's somehow wrong to attack white supremacists. That's some sort of next-level madness. Like, don't you come after the white supremacists. You come after the white supremacists, and we're all going to be next. It's going to be a next. It's going to be another Holocaust here in the United States once you start going after, you know, the racists, the people who want to have the Holocaust. Right. Right. So I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is why we need to examine politics in the most rational way. We need to understand real politics. We under, uh, need to understand how this stuff functions because these blanket condemnations of all Democrats or uh, complete misreading of the terms of the debate, are it's only going to backfire. It's only going to make this shit worse. We don't want to become them. You know, there was a period of time, there was a school of thought, I'm sure, David, you remember this back in Blogosphere 1.0, where there was a school of thought that was like, you know what, we got to fight on the same term. we got to fight fire the same way Republicans do. And That's ne- what I said. Yeah. Never defend, never explain, attack, yeah. attack, attack. But, but now, <laughs> the way the Republican Party has positioned itself, it's a different ballgame. If we start acting like the Red Hats... This whole America thing is is okay. done. Is done. Put a fork in it. It's over. Uh, so we should we should not. See, what should I not find just that. completely exhausting is the fact that we it's like the lion is still in the cage and we're still having to use the whip in the chair to keep it from devouring everything. You mm. know, and it just it's exhausting. It is exhausting. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's I mean, look, it's no one ever said democracy was easy. No one ever said that uh, a republic across a large land mass would uh, be the uh, simplest thing to maintain. It takes work. It takes work to do this. We all have to participate. And, and that's the whole point of democracy. It's uh, the people rule. And uh, so it's an ongoing battle. It's not something that you get to a finish line. And like, I guess I'm done with democracy. I guess we did it. We got this guy, Joe Biden, or we got Barack Obama or whoever elected. So well, I guess I'm done. No, it's an, Part it's of the an ongoing process. That, they've made it so hard for the average American citizen mm-hmm. to find the energy at the end of the day. Yeah. To, to be an activist, to well, write letters to the Senate and the House, and to make calls and march and demonstrate because you're fucking tired. Well, here's the thing, and this is something we talked about with uh, David Pepper yesterday on the interview show, which is I believe that our priorities are a little bit lopsided in terms of how we participate in democracy. There's way too much um, punditry going on. And I say this as a pundit who hosts a podcast. Um, I think what we're doing is we're too focused on the social media screaming matches and, Mm -hmm. and and not enough focused on things like, you know, maybe splitting our time between shouting on Twitter and registering voters for indivisible. I think what we need to do Mm -hmm. is spend, maybe you spend a little more time on action and the action actually becomes much more satisfying than screaming at people in the comments on your Facebook page. Uh, And maybe the balance is off along those lines. And there just needs to be less of the shovel fighting and more of the, you know, going out, registering voters, making sure there's, uh, you know, we're harnessing this uh, liberal culture that we live in that is being quickly overtaken by minority rule through rigging the game, through election laws and, and voter suppression. 
and all the rest of it lies twenty four seven disinformation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You cannot ever. I mean, to me, like Fox News and right wing radio is like the fucking deep water oil, you know, deep yeah. water horizon oil spill. It's pumping out millions of gallons of toxic sludge every mm. minute we're alive. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Well, look, I, one of the um, examples that I can bring up in all of this, in terms of remaining as rational as possible, is this tweet by Casey Hunt. Uh, I think she's still on MSNBC. She did a show called KCDC. Um, She tweeted today, if paid leave is left out of this bill, I'm going to spend the midterms covering how suburban women who turned on the GOP over Trump are responding to Democratic governing in D.C., especially after the pandemic. She can just shut the fuck up. She's yeah. not an MSNBC anymore. Actually, okay. all right, yeah, I think she's, she's like a little baby Chuck Todd. Yeah, you know, like um, she can talk to Republicans who unanimously are voting against it. So well, fuck, fuck her. That, yeah, this yeah. is pandering to low information voters. This is pandering to the notion that because Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, and by the way, all of the Republicans on the Hill, thank you, are opposed to all of these things. Then therefore, we have to punish. All Democrats next year in the midterms, which then metastasizes the fucking mm. idiocratic fascism. That's, that's nuts. That's the kind of irrationality that I'm talking about. We need to be specific. The stakes are too high to be fucking around with the old political scripts, the old kind of punditry, as if we're in the 1990s. And if things go awry with an election, we end up with President Bob Dole. Oh, heaven forbid mm. that we fucking... No, I mean, that was... Stakes when... are high, but are they Trump stakes? From sharper <laughs> image. <laughs> I just... That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to great stakes, I, I just raise the stakes. stakes. <laughs> uh, you did okay. walk into that one. On that note, thank you, David. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Okay, uh, coming up on Which the- brings us full circle. And yes. what have we learned at the end of the day? I think, in the end, Infrastructure <laughs> Week was the friends we made along the way. You know what? We need to do that at the end of every Thursday show. You need to do like, and now my final thought. You need to do like a Jerry Springer summation, David. We got to get you to do that. Like, what have we learned today on today's show? I learned something today. Yeah. That's what oh, I loved man. about Strangers with Candy is they would yeah. do that all the time and it would always be the exact wrong hundred. I just love Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Oh, so my God. Do you follow Amy Sedaris on Instagram? If you don't, you have to. She's okay. got the greatest Instagram. Talk about an Instagram feed where you could go down that rabbit hole and suddenly it's five hours later and you're like, where did the time? Oh, my God. A t- I went through a warp in the space-time continuum. What's going on here? Because it's... So awesome and weird. She's got all these weird videos on there. They're not disturbing. They're just weird. Uh, appropriately enough for Amy Sedaris. You know, the Mandalorians, Amy Sedaris. Um, okay, so coming up on the Shadow Docket Show, more weirdness. Because, you know, I know weird. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Burks and uh, her reaction now after the fact, after being involved in the Trump White House during COVID. Going to talk about that. Plus, uh, let's see what else here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, holy shit. I've got good news and bad news about the NRA. Something happened to the NRA that on the surface seems like good news. Under the surface is not so good news. And it's a shame because because <laughs> what, what actually happened to the NRA was entertaining to see initially. And then I was like uh, reading down the, the article and I was just like, 
Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. It's not good for anybody. So we got to. I want them penned and then hunted for sport in Africa. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about that. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. this ridiculous judge in Wisconsin, and, uh. and what he's uh, declared as part of this trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Awful. Well, all that and more is coming up on the Shadow Docket podcast on our Patreon page. As soon as this music is done playing, we keep on talking. You're missing out. If you're not subscribed for $5 a month, you're missing out on the like a whole other third of the show. You get two-thirds of the show for free, and the other third, you got to pay $5 a month to get. And that's on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy Halloween.